2: All right, we're using record mode. Oh, you know what? I'm such a berk. I was just about to start reading this. I still haven't got it that we actually have these bloody buttons to press now. All right, here we go.
3: Hi, I'm Kate Madakani Aldridge. For now, anyway, I'd like to welcome you to Spiritual Home. As a client of Spiritual Home, you've already shown that you're someone with an enlightened aura. Someone better like me so I'd like to suggest that you also support Dumpty Dum at patreon.com if you do you can get their extra content it's the actual meaningful stuff not the usual drivel it doesn't matter how much you sponsor them for I think they're pretty desperate to be honest okay patreon.com and obviously if you ever need a vaginal steaming you know where I am Blessings
0: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
4: Alright, you yeah,
2: this is dumby dum the show about the reality darky drama that centered an ambridge in the heart of the midlands i'm the leaping salmon that is royfield brown and with me are the bloated corpse that is
5: lucy freeman
2: and the last part of our am dram hey that was quite good actually lucy oh, well done. <laughs> that took me by surprise <laughs> i like to surprise you with the odd joke royfield <laughs> and <Yes. the> la- <laughs> let's do that one again folks and the last part of our am dram is you now. This week's dum dum is from Nicola (laughs) Edlam, the academic artist, though she is. But Lucy, somebody else would like to sing the alternative British National Anthem. How can they send one to us?
5: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or take half a paracetamol and jump out of a window, then call us on 0203 031 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to Derek in the back bedroom. Um, Derek is, as we speak, writing his application for leader of UKIP, as things are in a bit of a state over there. Uh, he has many of the qualifications, an endless need for attention, a slightly unsavoury sex life, a fondness for cheap tweed, and no understanding of the political process. Yay.
2: So we wish him luck. <laughs> On this week's episode, we hear views from the Susie Shepherd, who's back, like you, Mr Oh, who thinks the am is flown with kaffir. Nicola Headlam. Who says it's all academic anyway? See what you did there again, Lucy. Well done. You're on fire. Um, Witherspoon, (laughs) who thinks this week's made up for lost storylines, and Claire from Clapham, who's enjoyed Jenny versus Justin. But first, before all that good stuff, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge.
5: Me, I do know. I do not know what was going on with Jenny Darling tucking Peggy into that car. Either it was a bubble car and Peggy was wearing a huge wrapper puffer jacket, but that scene <laughs> seemed to go on for several years. Here we go, mum. I'll just deflate you. There we go. Right, tuck your head down and we'll just pop the crash helmet on. If you could just move the duvet, I can get to the handbrake. Jennifer was breathing more heavily than I imagine Brian's made her do in years. Then we had it all over again the other end when we finally arrived at Bridge Farm. I thought they were going to need heavy machinery to get her out. If you could just reinflate mum again, Pat, that would be lovely. Peggy was a trifle nervous about her arrival at Bridge Farm as she thought Kim Chi was a girlfriend Tom had picked up on his travels. So she was (laughs) delighted to hear that in actual fact Tom had failed again and was in the grip of a huge depression about gone-off milk. But he cheered up no end when he began contemplating gone-off cabbage instead. Tom is the only businessman in the world who gets his inspiration from the bottom of a compost bin. Pat came in and offered Peggy a small sherry. A small sherry, said Peggy. Are you bloody kidding me? I've been trapped here for hours listening to this twonk going on about bacteria. Bring me a bloody bucket and a straw. Tom thinks he's a failure at everything he touches, said Peggy. I wonder why. Maybe it's because he's a failure at everything he touches. (laughs) Maybe Tom could consider pickled fish. The am is bloody full of them, bobbing around in a soup of Brian's hubris. At least that's an explanation for Krusty's utterly inexplicable and unexplained enthusiasm for swimming in a ditch. Apparently, Brian had buried a load of builders in some rubble in a field and bits of them had now started running off into the am and made the fish go dead. I'm not getting too technical for you, am I? Well, not as technical as Jenny, darling. Mm -hmm. Brian said, under no circumstances, Jenny, go and see Justin at the Dower House. The smell of Brian's Floris 89 had barely left the room before Jenny marched off to see Justin at the Dower House telling that he had sold them a poorly field and she, for one, was not going to stand for it. Mm. He pointed out that it wasn't him that had buried the builders, but Jenny Darling was not to be put off and practically accused him of stealing the church flood fund too. Jennifer Aldridge, (laughs) making things ever so slightly worse since 1956. "Uh, Did you see, Dad, said Pip, waving her inflections around, about the Toblerone? (laughs) No, said Toby. I hope he wasn't embarrassing. (laughs) No, he was just a bit fighty and psychotic, said Toby. Then Rex popped in to see Pip and found her polishing shoes, which she apologised for. Don't apologise, it could be worse, said Rex. You could be up the clangour by a feckless man-child who... Oh, sorry. In further <laughs> men interfering in what women do with their bodies news, Roy is still not happy. Lexi makes her own decisions, he said sadly. I blame that Pankhurst woman. Ever since some idiot gave women the vote, there's been no bloody control in them. <laughs> Lillian's back from India and says how lovely and colourful all the funny foreign people were. She's slightly (laughs) perturbed as to why no one seems to be interested in 2,000 shots of her in a wide-brimmed hat trying to look like Princess Diana outside the Taj Mahal. Mm -hmm. But that might be because her brother-in-law is facing jail after slaughtering half the local fish population and her niece nearly died. But look, there's me with a foreigner. Now... Does anyone else find it a bit odd that we have repeated scenes in which there is a squeezing of teats and a lot of grunting and people saying, come on, Linda, hurry up. (laughs) It's going to take me a very long time to get used to this. It is deeply disturbing and makes me feel very uncomfortable. Did they have to call the bloody goat Linda? Then we had the unspeakable giving advice to the unlovable. Kenton took Toby for a quiet walk and shouted some useful hints to him through his megaphone. Try putting yourself first, he said. So that means Toby should stop the charitable work, the endless philanthropy, and start being a selfish twat. Cool, okay, done, that's it, said
1: Toby. <laughs>
5: that was easy. Tracy Sunshine's back from Norway. Apparently she had a really nice time, but she cheered up no end when she found out that all the fish had died. She'll be beside herself when she finds out that Brian's heading for the cells and is about to find himself sharing a bunk bed with Clive Horrobin and a big welder called Bubbles. <laughs> and in some truly astonishing news, Kate has turned over a new leaf and is now about to go to South Africa and become Mother of the Year. She's not really. She's going off to film the new series of Holby City. But, you know, and remarkably, she's leaving in a few weeks and seems utterly confident that she will find a manager for spiritual hummus. Because alternative health practitioners with business management degrees are just everywhere in Ambridge. Mind you, Kate seems to manage the thing with no clients, no staff, no paperwork, no hours of business and no profit. So I guess anyone could do it. I suggest Linda, the GOAT. The end.
2: <laughs> well done, you. Oh, I quite enjoyed that this week. Well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> can I just, like, express how disappointed I am with the goings-on this week in Ambridge? Really? I quite liked
5: it. Why are you disappointed?
2: Because my new most favourite character, Nolly, is apparently going. Don't like that at all. Now, we have been... like. Kate is a tremendous character. Just played just the right side of just total comedy yeah. and fun. Brilliant. Believable character. Lots of humour. Certain amount of pathos, actually. Yeah. Fantastic relationship they've constructed with her and her daughter. And apparently it's all over.
3: Well,
5: it won't be over for that long, will it? They'll come back. Well, wait a minute. That'd be Kate
2: is going to Durban. Mm. to be a mother mm. right now the last time i checked this thing was called the archers and it was set in ambridge she's not set in durban so she's off she's oh off. you mean you want to go with them yes uh, well i seriously think this is the most compelling relationship we have on the show at the moment because they are alike, but they're different. And if you think of the arc that Nolly's been on since he's been on the show, so she came on, she's a total wrecking ball, but actually, no, she um, appreciates her family, gets on with Brian, Peggy, all the things that I said before, et cetera, et cetera. She's great. She's got the measure of um, Freddie the Dunder twit, right? But, you know... <laughs> At the heart of it was this pain with a mother. Hence, she took the drug and whatever. I just... Why, why, why are we writing them out so soon? But she'll
5: come back, won't yeah, she? Because she'll be have an... to go to university. But then
2: it's going to be all a new nolly and... Uh probably even a new kate i don't i want these pair Mm. to continue Mm. i want that chemistry i don't want a big bloody pause a break for three years and then she comes back she sounds different and kate's (laughs) all different i want these pair because they're golden yeah 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 you know the only thing i would say was that the you know the drug the drug thing and then all of a sudden kate Stepping up and being a mother was a bit of a handbrake turn, but still,
5: yeah.
2: I, I'm—I was still <laughs> invested in these pair. I want these pair, and I want them now. I don't want them in three years' time, eighteen months' time. I want them now, Lucy. I'm very upset. Just saying.
5: <laughs> you know, last week, me and Robert mm. were saying that it feels like we're treading water at the moment. Yeah. We really struck out for sure this <laughs> week, didn't we? I mean, every single flipping story lab was like, right, done, yes, done, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Um, even to the extent of me sniggering on about, um, as I do in my snidey way about um the ludicrous kind of phrasing of things mm-hmm. that uh that was suddenly popping yeah. up that well, sounded didn't ab- quite yeah ring right for me. Um, this week Brian took the piss out of it twice. Nolitando said to him. So, Dad, I'll be able. I'll have my birthday party at the stately home. Cool, isn't that cool? And he went, "Yes, yeah, really cool." And um, and then uh, they, oh, that's right. Kate said, "Hey, Dad," and he went, "Oh, yes, Kate. Hey,"
1: <laughs> in a very unconvincing sort of way.
5: And I thought, "Ooh, there. You know, they've. It's. It was sort of there." Um. I thought there was there was lots to like about this week. I don't know. Everyone always says, "Oh, that's so unrealistic." I have I've never been anywhere near anybody that's taken pills, so I have no idea if that was right or not. Mm. Um, but I did think she did a good job uh, uh, in terms of of acting. However, however the however realistic the actual scene was, I thought she did a really good job, and it made me cry. Actually, Kate really m- moved me. Well, just on
2: that note, right? They what they should have done was a bottle episode. So where she goes up there, and you know she's off her tits, so to speak, on that on that ledge, and it's just her and Kate the whole episode. That would have been really good, her and Kate, and then it's you know in the hospital. Then it's the next day when she's kind of coming through, coming to, and whatever. Considering that if we are to believe. What they're saying is that Kate's going to be off in a week. It, this would have been a really good way of underlining, kind of wrapping up the whole relationship, the arc that the 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 two characters have been on. Kate is now going to try and be a mother. She realizes she's been totally selfish, etc. Nolly kind of is kind of come, you know is coming to terms with the, her rela- relationship with a mother, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that she's going back off to South Africa because I just think she's been. A tremendous, tremendous character. And that would have been a really lovely way of basically, you know, waving goodbye to them, you know, for a little time. We didn't need uh, the other stuff is what I would say.
5: Um, Something I didn't get was, you know, before, um, you know, earlier on in the year, they said Mm -hmm. uh, about, uh, no, sorry, late last year, they said, Mm -hmm. oh, there's going to be a huge um, inheritance storyline. This is it, isn't it? It's going to be the fact that they are going to have to spend all their money fixing this. um ah, well, they're going to they're going to run out of, of 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 dosh for the inheritance because they're going to have to. Because he said it's looking like it's going to be over a million quid. Um. Mm. So uh, you know that's that's gonna that's going to. I mean, I do, it's all very woolly because you know you never know. I mean, you assume basically in, when it's the grand, I assume it's hundreds. When it's Shula and Alistair, I assume it's thousands. And when it's the Aldridges I assume it's millions. Um, and that is as specific as I get in terms of, when you it's
2: know, the know, How much is it then?
5: probably hundreds of thousands because stately homes don't make very much money.
2: Mm, true.
5: Um, but you know, I mean, he's, a, he's an actual business. He leases land. He's got properties and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I know low looks as well, but you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, I think if he's talking about million, uh, millions, then that, I think, is going to make a sizable dent in the inheritance, uh, which will affect Rory and Debbie and Adam and,
2: and everybody. Um, mm. you know, and, It'll be very interesting, Ruth's kind of interjections yeah. all of that, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and you've got to say ten out of ten for the misdirection that the script writers have given us for the last year and a half. we us thinking that this was um, Rob Rob's doing with blocking up a culvert. Yeah, that it was nothing it, at all to do with did, that.
5: Did, but did your ears go oh, when when they said Brian said, "Well, you know that culvert," I went ha, ah, and then he went, "Well, it's nothing to do with that."
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
5: oh, oh, Jesus.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and the, yeah, and the, and the second bit of misdirection that I
5: thought I thought the bunting's was... been jammed up the culvert. That's what's done here. Let's <laughs> tie up all the storylines at once.
2: <laughs> yeah, and also the fact that yeah, there's nothing wrong at all with the land that Justin sold yeah. sold him. Yeah. So we thought, oh, it was Justin's dodgy. He knew that Robert yeah, buggered him. Yeah, but, yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I did 10 one out of, of the ten for that. I
5: loved this week. was Jenny Darling marching round to see <laughs> Justin. <laughs> but with with, to accuse him with absolutely no basis whatsoever and then every time brian says to her no jenny jenny this is actually quite serious they're talking about prosecution and she says yes but not us (laughs) he's like (laughs) us i mean us me prosecuted me owing money and he says you know those people that came to the door yes the ea people the environment agency <laughs> she's going up thinking. for god's sake jennifer you're supposed to be intelligent just try and try and follow what's happening you are in deep shit that is but that we, is what you need to know here
2: but jenny in that regard was us the listener because we yes. thought yeah. that it was justin forward slash yeah. rob yeah so she marched round there that was us with the pitchforks yeah you know having our last little <laughs> dig <laughs> completely, utterly wrong. So I just
5: so. love that when she just goes, but not us, you know, <laughs> not us though, because we're middle <laughs> class. That doesn't happen. We don't get prosecuted. Surely there must be a common person somewhere floating around that we can blame. Who could that be? <laughs> I loved no. it. They'll probably blame Ed Grundy now, won't they?
2: And and we needed we needed Jim steph, that little uh, Latin, Latin word, <laughs> <joke>, didn't <we?
5: laughs> When he had to explain <laughs> it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Have we had them tour, Jenny? By beware. <laughs> and you thought, really? Did you really have to put that in? You know.
2: Anyway. I liked it. Now, shall we go to the phone lines?
5: Why not?
4: Hello, Ambridge 3962.
2: Who's first then Lucy?
5: Sussex Shepard.
2: Good evening, Royfield, Lucy,
1: Robert, and all fellow dumpty dummers around the world. It's the Sussex Shepherd here, um, Hello. a.k.a. of course, Borsetshire Sheep Herder <coughs> of the Year, uh, brackets Sussex Division, uh, brackets sub-region around my house. Um, Anyway, I've got three things to say, and they all run the risk of being completely out of date by the time we get to the end of the week, because it's only, what are we, Tuesday evening, so here goes nothing anyway. um, Number one. Does anybody else think it's suspicious that just two days after Helen gets rid of all the kaffir, suddenly the Am is stuck with all the dead fish in the world? <laughs> well, There's no way of drinking the kaffir. Um, number two, where are Matt's suitcases? Now I run the risk of having a little bit of a rant et here, so feel free to turn down the volume or switch off for a bit. Um, I want to know what was in them. I mean, I understand writers that's needing that's to set up potential plot lines for later that they can come back to if that's they me. need to, but. <laughs> I mean, they haven't just led us along the garden path there. We're halfway to Felpisham. I want to know what was in his suitcases. I've been waiting months. (laughs) Okay, rant over. Um, Point three, a little bit more serious. I think this baby is going to be the end of Roy and Lexi. So where we're at at the moment is that she's not going to have it because that'll upset Roy. That's going to fester, isn't it? I mean, she's going to be feeling that she's betrayed who she is. It's her nature to be kind and generous and... Giving to an absolute fault. I mean, that's her identity. That's who she wants to be. That's who she sees herself as. And she's going to really resent Roy making her question that sign of her. And she's going to see it as he stopped her from being who she is. And that's never going to end well. So I think this baby's going to be the end of it. She's tried to do what will help Roy get over it, but it's not going to help them both. Anyway, that's it from me. Hope you're all well. Speak to you soon.
5: Bye. Bye. Hmm. You know, the suitcases, Yeah, I kind of, I was, I was struggling because I did my three week holiday Mm. from the Archers over Christmas. I had a hell of a lot to listen to in a very short space of time. And I was trying to, to sort of process everything that had happened. And now I've completely forgotten. They were behind the, they were behind the bar in the bull because Mm -hmm. he asked Nick to put them behind the bar, didn't he? Yeah. If he made a donation to the bloody fireworks fund or whatever it was. See, why can I remember that bit? But I can't remember what... Where did the police take them away?
2: No, he he took them. He was always lugging them everywhere and they were always really heavy.
5: And he was anxious about them all the time, wasn't he? He was
2: anxious about them all the time. They were really heavy. Everybody kept on remarking how heavy they were. (laughs) And by pure happenstance... Um, I think it was a free economics or a planet Mon- no planet money podcast I'd heard the week before about money laundering and he said the reason why you money launder. isn't just the accounting so there is a clean or cleaner trail of where the money's truly come from it's because paper money is much heavier than people realize that you cannot carry it around in suitcases a week later on the archers there is matt struggling (laughs) i was like it's money and that's the reason why he was like so anxious about it because he had literally had Tens of thousands of pounds. Ah. In. And he hadn't, um, you know, he hadn't washed the money. He'd physically got the cash because he's ripping everybody off. So he's gone to the account, he's emptied the account, he's got the cash, but he hasn't uh, put it in, you know, he hasn't changed it into an, into another asset.
5: Hang on, hang on. How can money, money's very thin bits of paper.
2: No, but when you Unless have. he had a, a lot suitcase of full of it. pound
5: coins, but yes, I can see that. When,
2: when, uh, loose literally seven days beforehand planet money podcast somebody go back listen to planet money round about early november and they say paper money when you have it in bundles is much heavier than everybody realizes how can it be loose i don't bloody know right okay
5: all right i'll stop asking you the same question over and over again
2: (laughs) thank you Money. don't get it though well, i regarded npr podcast these people know what t- and it was all about money laundering why do you do it offshore well, I accounts am very yada, yada, yada. That i have
5: never had enough money to notice whether or not it's bloody heavy or not
2: but think about it you know when you have like a ream of paper 500 sheets of paper yes it's actually quite a weight. think about it yeah that's true there you go and you imagine like Wait, um, what- or something. 20, 20 reams of paper in a suitcase is going to be heavier than you actually you know will think. You think piece of paper is nothing. A ream of paper, 500 sheets of A4 paper, actually has a decent weight to it.
5: Maybe that's what he's got in the case, 500 sheets of A4 paper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's how he's washed his money. So.
5: <laughs> I've invested in A4.
2: <laughs> which, is an, which is one thing over in America, I had no idea... They don't have A4 paper in America.
5: That's why That's why setting up a printer is such a sodding nightmare because its default setting is the American bloody size of paper.
2: Mm. I, it, it was something which had passed me by considering, you know, after what I used to do was graphics and, and, and whatever. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I walked into a print shop the other day. Can I can have a can I have a, like, like, 10 A4 copies. And the man looked at me like I was mad. I went, 10 A4 copies? You're a copy shop? And I don't know. Oh, we're in America. You know, people do things differently. Mm. Yeah, so very peculiar. But anyway, uh, Money. Now, what was the other thing he said?
5: Uh, He said about Lexi and Roy that it's going to break them up, but it isn't because Mm. later on in the week, Sussex Shepherd, as I'm sure you now know, and everyone Mm. else does, she has... Well, Roy sounded like he was coming round to the idea because he wants to make her happy. Hmm. Who has salmon tikka, for crying out loud, in an Indian restaurant? And it sounded like a really dodgy one as well, judging by the awful music that was going on in the background.
2: Well, you know, I've had salmon tikka before. I have.
5: I bet it's horrid, isn't it? It's already orange. Why would you need to make it oranger?
2: (laughs) Well, there's that, Luce. But I'm feeling somewhat uneasy with this storyline me too because i think that my gut on this is actually correct and there's a great post my gut being that you can't have um this surrogate mother and the prospective fathers um in close proximity that it's actually too confusing for us as the listener emotionally to disentangle it, um, let alone for you to be able to write it convincingly and for it to be plausible because it's just so out of our day-to-day experience as as, uh, as human beings to go and listen to this. There's a rather excellent uh, post by uh, Fiona Siobhan Powell um, on the forum and she says that she did know a surrogate and the surrogate said to her, the only way this can work is if I'm nowhere near uh, right. this child growing up because yeah. of the feelings that it would kind of engender, etc.
5: I mean, when she said, oh, I told my girls about it and they were very excited and the little one said, oh, I wanted a little brother or sister. And I explained that you and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, you don't... you." It's, it just kind of seemed to be a very amateur. Well, it is a very amateurish way of going about it. You know, there's sort of the boundaries are blurring like mad. Um, she's telling her children about it. She's she's they're thinking it's some sort of addition to their family, and it's not. Then she's going to bring her girls, my girls, over to you know be with her while she's having this child for someone else. And also, sorry to get crude. But you are not going to want to have sex with a pregnant woman who is pregnant with someone else's child. On a Lucy. very primal Lucy. level. You're just not.
2: What? Lucy. what? I couldn't agree with you more, right? I I think... thought I was going to get
5: told off then for going too far. No, <laughs>
2: no, no. It's I think that's what thing... Roy's
5: trying to say, and he can't he can't say it.
2: Well, you can't say it because you come over as ignorant um, un-PC, you know, misogynistic. Yeah, but men, men find it really
5: weird having sex with pregnant women anyway, but they're at the start of their relationship.
2: Well, this is the thing. And I've noticed that on the socials, there there are people saying, you know, Roy, stopped trying to take control of her body.
5: No, well, no, you no. Know.
2: It's not a case of him want, wanting to take control of her body. The whole situation is just bloody peculiar. It's as simple as that, yeah. and he has to get his head round it, right?
5: And also, it, she's she's saying, "Oh, Adam and Ian, they are my friends."
2: She you only met, met them, two, them two, months two months ago. I know, exactly, exactly. Um, I just think I begrudgingly you know, buy someone a drink
5: after two months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I. Just don't believe this storyline at all uh, at the moment. I, I I really don't believe it. I believe that two that I believe that Ian wants to be a father. Mm-hmm. I believe that Adam has come round to the idea. Yeah. Don't have a problem with that. I believe that somebody can want to donate their womb so that uh two prospective parents that can't have a child in the more traditional sense can be parents. I believe that. I do not believe the triangle of these three. Sorry, the square that then has Roy. Yeah, because yeah, my sympathies yeah. are massively with Roy. We've only just started a relationship three months ago, four months ago, and you're telling me you want to carry somebody else's mm. child. I would actually say to that person, you know what? It's your body. It's your life. I'm out of this. Yeah. It's too yeah, confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's too yeah. confusing. Lexi, love you dearly. you got to do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. But I you know we've only just started a, yeah what about us maybe having a yeah. uh, having a family later yeah you know it, there's yeah. just so many variables oh you're going to be in bulgaria now you're not then there's brexit yeah. can you stop with yeah. it? Oh, right it's like no I, I'm, I'm not with it at all which is a great way for me to link listener and to say that i'm interviewing Anya who plays Lexi uh, tomorrow so you should have that in your feeds this week so if you are one of our Patreon or PayPal donators you get the extra special content which will be an interview with Lexi this week. And if you're not yet but you would
5: like to listen to that I will tell you later on how you can become a Patreon subscriber. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, hmm. How many sodding cottages are there on home Farm? because apparently another one's popped up just in time for lexi to have her (laughs) children in
2: i know i know but
5: yeah even my mum was saying this week who is going to look after spiritual home she said who where She's, she's just announced she's going in a week's time so who is going to take over this business so we ran through the possible options we ran through um uh possibly Kirsty, leaving mm-hmm. Gay Grables. Um I actually thought the absolute best choice would be Tando, which would rather defeat the object as she's now going back. <laughs> That's <season laughs> um, and uh what was it? Oh Linda Snell. That was the yeah. other the other Lind- option. But it would Linda mean poaching Watt, somebody from Yeah, it would mean poaching somebody from Gay Grables every time.
0: Mm. So
5: otherwise who the hell else is gonna do this? It's just nuts.
2: It is nuts. It. It almost makes me think that maybe she isn't going to go. It, it's set up for her to go, and I believe she is. But she's actually made somewhat of a fist of this business, we say, we, you know, we're led to believe. Uh, Brian has said a couple of times, oh, she hasn't done too bad. You know, okay, maybe, yeah. not, maybe her paperwork isn't all exactly in order, et cetera, et cetera. But Brian, you know, the astute a uh, consummate businessman, has actually said she's done a decent job. Yeah. She surprised everybody. So she was starting to be a little bit more grounded. She has this business. Also, I think it was um, notable in that she bought the tickets. She didn't say, Dad, can, can you give me some money to buy the tickets? So, mm. again, we're led to believe she's actually sorting herself out financially as well. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, bang. You know, yeah. what's happening to eight? D- makes, yeah. no oh, no, makes no sense. Makes no sense. Mm. Should we do Nicola Headlam now? What, one second. Just before we do Nicola Headlam, because mm. what she should have said, what they should have done, so it's a little bit more plausible, was introduced an assistant um, yeah. You know, in the, in the yeah. last month. You know, yeah. there is uh, you know, Samantha. Somebody whatever. she's
5: training up or something.
2: Exactly. Then you said mm-hmm. oh, I'll just give it to Samantha for for a couple of months. Yeah. Till yeah. I come back. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Um now I think we'll do Nicola Headlam. Okay.
4: Hello am too This is Dr. Nicola Headlam here. I'm a third time caller inner and half of the Academic Archers Organising Committee. I have to confess, That's I've amazing. been enjoying Dumpty Dum more than I've been enjoying The Archers lately, as both the Adam and Ian surrogacy storyline and the Pipistrel Toblerone person have um, already I've always um, already made me want to pull my hair out. Um, I've got a bet uh, that Pip will have boy-girl twins, but even before they arrive, they, they're awful. Um, I put on Twitter <laughs> that I was peeved as David and Toby both seemed to be thinking only of themselves and how the pregnancy reflected yep. on them. And then Uncle Kenton gets in on the act, horrors. Completely on the other side of the coin, however, was Thursday's Nolatando's party, which I found gripping and brilliant. Dramatic, but not melodramatic and giving Kate the chance to move from dripping about, asking how can I make her love me, to actually doing something to prove herself worthy of a young girl's love. It also ran completely true and gave me flashbacks to to my misspent youth and the real tragedy that marked the end of Kate's rebellious phase in her own teens, where Brian and Jennifer thought she was dead and how very affecting all that was. I have a huge soft spot for Kate as she and I were born a day apart, and generally she makes me look good. (laughs) Finally, I don't know if this is allowed, but we are very keen for Dumpty Dummers to join us at Academic Archers 2018, as you are the most knowledgeable and rudest corner of the Archers fandom. (laughs) And we would rather have real fans with us at the British Library on the 17th of February. So if you sign up on Eventbrite with the code Dum or lowercase or one word, there's a 15% discount in it
1: for you.
2: Oh, there you go.
5: I think she carries on on the next call, doesn't she? She's, she got she uh, cut off. Ed- I've,
2: I've edited it, Lucy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did this now. I like,
5: oh, Sorry, Nicola. Um, yes, you should, honestly, the academic, I am trying to go, um, but it's the end of half term and my son's doing a climbing course, blah, 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 blah. But it is absolutely fantastic because all the feedback that we have from people that that went last year said how brilliant it was. The British Library is absolutely gorgeous. It is dead easy to get to if you're outside uh, London. Obviously, I know trains are expensive, but it's, you know, you just come into King's Cross, walk up the road, and it's there. Um, Really easy peasy, and it would be a brilliant day. And all the stuff that we've heard from it last time when they did the big dumpty dum and everything, it was absolutely magic. So uh, if you are at a loose end on February the 17th, Go, go, go to the academic arches. you'll meet lots of splendid people, and the whole thing is,
2: sounds like an absolute riot mm. uh, and uh, I will definitely endorse that as well it's awesome, yeah and I think do you think they're always going to start them by doing a mass dungeon? Who's, who's your archer's spirit animal because if hers is Kate,
5: mine is <laughs> um, mine is emma Emma Grundy, because her children were born at very similar times to mine.
2: Uh that is a very good question in if it's Kent the Kenton <laughs> pardon <laughs> nothing I tell you what right, considering you're painting me out to be some feckless no good wastrel right <laughs> if, if it's if it's Kenton, what I would say is this i very much thought that what Kenton had to say to Toby, yeah, um, actually touched me. Mm-hmm. And again, I, sometimes I look at social media and I just don't get what's going on, right? And I think that people very much re- people kind of forget somehow that this is um, a drama of which, with the exception of Rob Titchener. There really aren't any villains, but people Mm. just take against certain characters and just say, Mm -hmm. "Well, you know, they're good, they're bad, they're a wastrel, they're this, they're that." And the way that Toby's been written, I think, is absolutely great. He came in as this—I was going to say, "Hooray, Henry!" Wasn't quite a "Hooray, Henry," but you know, he was a—you know—he was a
5: rugby, rugby public school lad, wasn't he?
2: Exactly, exactly. And slowly but surely, um, that has been peeled back and you 've actually seen somebody who actually does love pip and actually does want to be a father mm. now, I was in a very similar circumstance uh, seventeen years ago where I had fatherhood thrust upon me mm. and i didn't have the the rush of Chemicals within my body to tell me that number one, this was right for me right now. I didn't have the space uh, mentally to get round the idea. I was just presented with the facts. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this pregnancy, like it or lump it. Considering that Pip had what six weeks to change her mind, do a complete one eighty to realise this is right for her, for him to go off and to spend two, three weeks moping around, feeling sorry for himself, is actually quite reasonable, right? Mm. It's actually quite reasonable because she had twice as long to get her head round it. She had twice as long, right? And also they weren't a thing by then. No, not at all, not at all. So when I heard that conversation between um, Kenton, and well, Kenton said I made mistakes I really mm. wish um I was there for um Muriel and you know if I'd have my time over again right I'm very lucky that with my children that um I was there for their birth mm. and even though they've gone to Canada you know they didn't go to Canada they went to Canada like some five years after you know mm. they, they, they were born but I'm no apologist for God. Men. How
5: did you say goodbye to
2: them? I tell you, Lucy. Right, you know, is to start me off. Right, but the last day, the last their last evening in the UK, really was uh, anything you say. It just sounds like like a cliche, but it was a roller coaster. Right. Um, so I'd known for months that they were going. The mom says, right, I'm just going to take them to Canada. The mother's Canadian. So it wasn't like, you know, there was some rhyme or reason to it. But she'd always promised me that even though we were going to, uh, be parents, but not be together, she would never do this. Mm. She always said, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, yeah, she, and that was part of her way of making me come to terms with the fact She says, I will never take your kids away from you. Right Then five years later, circumstances changed. She was taking them. I wasn't happy, very obviously. But it was sufficiently far in the future when she said, right, I'm going, that the situation became kind of normalized, and I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking about it day after day. And then I remember when it really hit me, it was the start of the school summer holidays. Noah was in his going to be in his uh, going into his second year of infant school, and I was in Woolworths. That's how old that how how long ago all this was, and there were um, kids' uniforms. And I called him and said, "Oh, I'm going to get Noah a uniform," uh, and she went, "What do you mean? He's not going to be here." And oh, I just God. like froze, and like I knew, but I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. And she went, well, it's going to Canada. There's no uniforms over there. And that's when it first really hit Mm -hmm. me. But the day before they actually flew Lucy, I nearly had a fight with Noah's uncle, with her, with his mother's uh, brother. Uh, We kind of glared at each other and he just glared at me once. He was, in hindsight, he was feeling uneasy. And he was there helping them pack. Mm. I walked by. I saw him. He looked at me, looked at me. And I literally just like dived at him and nearly knocked seven bells out of him. And Noah had to jump in the way and said, daddy, daddy, daddy.
1: Right.
2: I walk off. I'm crying my eyes out. I say, come on, Noah, let's go and play basketball. So we go to the basketball court. And I never forget. My little five and a half year old son, he's, I don't know how, how tall he was, but he's five and a half. So, whatever size that is, him trying to throw the ball through the basketball hoop, and I just burst out crying. And this guy came over and said, Are you all right, mate? Oh, and I went, man. Yeah, my son's going to Canada tomorrow. And Noah was, Noah was totally oblivious because I would walked away. I didn't want to. And yeah, just, yeah. just kept on tr- trying to throw the ball and he was nowhere near. Oh. And I and I picked him up, put him on my shoulders, and he still couldn't do it. And what made me cry even more. And just the fact that this a random stranger just came up to me, yeah. put his arms around me, just was lovely and made me just think Luz, I'm telling you, right, this fatherhood thing, am I saying it's more important than motherhood i'm actually saying it's not but to hear that conversation and to see some of the things that people mm. kind of tweet and savol oh don't listen mm-hmm. to kenton's and whatever it's like you know what fuck off right mm. motherhood is worth more than fatherhood i'm not saying it's not right women have to um have the little bun in the oven then push it out or have it cut out of them however and they have a whole cocktail of emotions thrown at them which us men don't but that's not to say that we don't feel stuff too and and i just completely and utterly related to that conversation from Mm. both parts the regret of somebody who is separated from their child i'm lucky my kids live in toronto my biological kids because my issue still is in london and i see them on average one month out of the year and I was talking to Noah yesterday, I've set him set him up an internship in Toronto through a friend, actually through Catherine Warren who listens to to The Archers and, and Dum Dum. I have a great relationship with them and their mother, even though she took them to Canada, has never got in the way of me actually seeing the kids whenever I want willy nilly. And we've all just been to Jamaica on holiday. Yeah. I'm really lucky. Right. But If I, if I'd have been Kenton, I'd have said literally word for word, think about what you want. It is your Mm. child.
1: Mm.
2: Right. Is it more Pips than his emotionally? Yes. Legally, absolutely not. But emotionally, yes, because she's going to bear that child. But you know what? Don't just meekly just lie down and do whatever David says and whatever, whatever Pips says. Be there for your child, too. You know, when it comes down to it, it's a 50-50 decision that needs to be made. As a father, you need to step slightly sidewards and say, OK, you're the mother. You are the person who's going to be with that child 24 hours of the day. So I, I, I respect your decision. But don't just say that you have no meaningful input. You know, I just found it. That... <clears throat> nah, I'm telling you, right, this fatherhood thing. Ain't easy. And and my, my best bit of advice I was ever, because I did kind of have the Kenton chat mm. um, before Noah was born. I did just think I was having my kicks for free. You know, she mm. had another plan. That's that, right? I'm not fighting that battle. And when I really came around to the idea that I was going to be a father, my cousin said to me, he says, you know what? She's going to start with an emotional, a visceral head start with you, with this whole parenting lark, because she's she's been a mother for nine months before the child was even born. Mm.
6: Mm-hmm. For
2: you, it's an abstract concept right now,
6: yeah,
2: of which you can't quite get your head around. But she's going to start with a head start. But each day... That you see your child and your child is born, you'll love it that little bit more, and you'll understand mm. loving it that little bit more. Mm. You know, yeah. so, so don't worry about the head start. You will eventually catch up. Mm. You know, best bit of advice I ever got. Anyway, so it's probably Kenton then. <laughs> <laughs> My spirit <animal. laughs> Kenton, the bit of Toby. Who else is a bit?
5: bit <laughs> <ridiculous>? <laughs> I, don't, I think Nelson, I think there is a big bit of Nelson Gabriel in there as well. <laughs> I think, I think one of the things about about Toby in particular is he was being self pitying, and that's what Kenton picked up on. He because it was what I found interesting was that as soon as Kenton said, "Ignore your brother," and he said, "Please don't, please don't criticize Rex." And then, so he was sort of defending Rex. And then he said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not um, defending him. And he said, you know, that there's, it's like a relationship between you and your brother. And he said, yeah, he's the good one and I'm the bad one. And he's got this wedged, that's his family script. Rex is always the good one. You are the feckless one, the idiot, the irresponsible one, the one that doesn't, you know, take care of things, the one that doesn't look after stuff when they have opportunities, blah, blah, blah. That's his sort of family script. um, Toby's family script and Kenton saying, no, because that was Kenton's too. David was the good one. You know, David's the good one. David's a responsible one, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you, you just go off and be an idiot, Kenton, and come back when you've calmed down a bit, sort of thing. Um, And, uh, and, and he's saying, don't let that happen to you. Don't listen to them. Don't let them tell you that you're not, don't tell don't let them write your script for you and I thought that was really interesting
2: no I'm well spotted because I didn't even spot that that yeah they the the, the two feckless siblings you know as opposed mm-hmm. to the the sensible ones well well spotted I, I didn't get that at all but you know you you, you all right um Toby was being self-pitying but again I'll go back to my um you know mm-hmm. pre- previous point uh Pip was too. remember all the pip things that Pip said to Elizabeth when she was going to go through yeah. the determination, etc, yeah. etc, et yeah. right? but because of um, because because of our societal construct, we have sympathy for a woman in doubt to do with parenthood in a way that we mm. don't with a man. We just say, we'll yeah. come a man yeah. up. You know, yeah, pun not yeah. intended. There, you were,
5: you were there.
1: You, yeah, t- yeah. T- you, you,
2: t- exactly. This. You know, you, you, yeah. you put your diddler in a whatever. Yeah, <laughs> full stop. Whereas a woman saying yeah. that she doesn't want to be going, to be, oh well, it's your, it's your right to choose. Yeah. And you take your time. Blah blah blah. Right, and yeah. and the whole thing about pregnancy is that it's unfair because one sex is left literally carrying the child, right? Mm. But you know, I, I just thought it was um, very well uh played well written well timed and as you rightly point out there were actually other aspects to it which i didn't even think you know the whole sibling um aspect which was completely utterly lost on me until you said so uh you know props to you freeman
5: thank you very much should we do with a spoon now
2: all right then um here we go it's with a spoon
6: Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Hello. Spoon and Angus Haggis here, celebrating Good Parenting Week in Ambridge. 1st <laughs> there a lot of discussion about the quality of the recent Ambridge goings-on, but I think this week we had some cracking payoffs to the percolating storylines. I'll take a moment to pat myself on the back. Last week, following the appearance of the dead fish, I posted on Facebook that you can be sure that this is going to involve either Justin or Borchester businessman Brian. And I coined his new stage name, B-Cubed. So now we know where (laughs) his award and his incredible hubris were heading. B-Cubed is in for a very big fall. And he will also see how quickly the newspaper that was touting his business acumen is going to turn against him. As we say here, it will be in a New York minute. I'd also like to be a fly on the wall when Jennifer has to go chapeau in hand, and apologize to Justin for her incorrect and really out-of-character accusations. Now let's turn to Kate and Nolly. Oh, we can call her that again. Their feud has been great, but when Nolly impulsively took what we can assume was ecstasy, it didn't feel like what she would have done at that moment. Mm -hmm. I also don't know if I bought her as a woman under the influence, but it was riveting when Kate talked her off the ledge. The hospital scene was also emotional, if unrealistic. When Nolly awakened from the seizure, she should have been confused for a long while and gradually regained her orientation. It's called... We only only got
2: 12 minutes, though.
6: And in true Archer's tradition, Kate's epiphany came rather suddenly and dramatically. Even the timbre of her voice changed. But for me, has yes. not been a fan, it was still nice to hear. Now, will Lexi become the temporary manager of Spiritual Home? And what of drug-distributing Freddy? Will he be prosecuted, or will this serve as a wake-up for him? I, for one, would love to see him in the slammer. Talk to you all soon. Mm. Um,
5: if they call an ambulance, they have to do, file a police report, don't they? I
2: don't know, Luce. I've no idea.
5: Mm. I thought they did. I mean, that would sure—that's surely going to curtail Freddie's um, uh, his uh, drug dealing activities, isn't it?
2: You'd Nearly think killing so. his cousin. You'd think so. Yeah. Um, though, I'm I'm slightly I'm slightly kind of between two stalls on this uh, Freddie and, and the drug storyline because, though they are painted him out to be this hedonistic teenager. So mm. it's all about DJing and tattoo yeah. and whatever. All right. I was mildly interested for them to go down this road. You know, as I said, you know, a couple of shows ago, I actually thought his DJing wasn't bad from what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> but,
5: um, yeah, then he's drug dealing anyway. <laughs> and
2: if you're gonna be hardcore into that world, um, you know, the drugs are part of it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So it would make sense. But did I want him to become, you know, the dealer of Borchester? Uh, pro- probably not, but, and especially from the grounds of his own stately well, home. for the,
5: crying out loud, that exactly, silly ass!
2: Exactly, and <laughs> I think we said earlier, at least I did, anyway, that I didn't believe that Nolly would have taken that pill either. No, you know. So it's nice to have our resident, you know, kind of psychiatrist, mm. kind of like. So that was a bit of a handbrake turn. That did feel weird. And also the fact that they neatly seem to have wrapped up the conflict between Kate and Nolly super fast. You know, Mm. so that's another handbrake turn.
5: But it just reminded me when when Nolly took the took the pill and then was on the window ledge and everything. um, I did. I did think, oh god, it's going to be Ed Grundy on crack again three weeks, and then he's going to be completely fine, <laughs> you know. Um, I thought, oh, there's been... but I know that there isn't time for them to do these things sort of properly. It was just, it was just a series of incredibly rapid decisions, wasn't it? All tied up neatly in a in a twelve minute
2: bow. Mm. No, I- exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, but good call though from with the spoon, as always.
5: Mm. Yes, yes. Should we do Claire from Clapham? No, it's uh, just Claire from Clapham is going to be speaking at the uh, the Academic Archers Conference on February the seventeenth um, about uh, rural housing. Yay. I'm sure it's going to be a lot more exciting than I've just made it sound. But <laughs> go and listen to her. Anyway, carry on. We can
2: just do it now. No? Um, just, just whilst we're, we're talking about the academic archers, I forgot to say this before, but Doc and, Dr. Nicola Headlam uh, gave us the very briefest of brief mentions on BBC Radio Oxford. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Nicola Headlam. Yep. Um, she says that I love uh, the archers, and then there's the de the dum posse, and there's the, the tweet along people. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, thank you, Doc. Anyway, here's Claire from Clapham.
4: Hi, Dumpy Dumb, it's Claire from Clapham here. Um, just too many things going on in the arches this week to even talk about it all. But I just wanted to say, goodness me, I hope Lucy's all right and gets through all of that content in her roundup because there's a heck of a lot to cover. <laughs> uh, I think my favourite of all was Jenny being horrible to Justin. But uh, so much to pick from this week. <laughs> and uh, look forward to hearing about what everyone thinks about it. Uh, and I'm just mildly panicking about the deadline for the Academic Archers Conference. So if you're going and you see me there, please be kind. Okay, bye. Claire from Clapham. I think
5: that was what was known as a procrastination call. I think you were supposed to be doing something else, like writing your speech for the Academic Archers, and you thought, I'll just delay it a bit by ringing into Dumpty Dum so I don't actually have to finish what I'm supposed to be doing.
2: Mm. Uh, Have we got any emails or anything, Lucy? We haven't. Have we not? Not a sausage, no. Right then, Lucy. Uh, so, if we've got no yeah. more calls and we've got no emails, it's probably time for a little advertisement. Selling a little
4: or a lot?
3: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
6: Look what free speech has gotten you, right? And, And if free speech is going to bring a Hitler to power, are you still going to defend the rights of those people to speak? If you talk about the things that affect your daily life, the
1: secret to being a good actor. I don't really care, actually, whether Britain remains Britain. His dad was actually murdered in front of him. Marine Le Pen has changed the
4: Pont National.
1: If it's like kind of like a documentary, investigative reporting, serialized true crime that often gets into questions about the justice system or the media.
2: In an the world, there's always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where you speak to friends and interesting people, the backdrop of great tunes, and allocate 15 minutes to vote. Good question. Really good
4: question.
2: If you're listening to this podcast, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionise the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality, and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasising sleek, modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studioSweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. So now we've heard all about uh, Friday Fifteen. Do you have a touch of Millie Bell? Why not? Good day, everyone. I'm so glad
3: you can't see me today because I've had to sneak away to part of the house to do this because everyone else is making a noise in the house and there's no air conditioning in this room and we are currently sitting on 43 degrees celsius which I think is about (gasps) 109 fahrenheit so I am completely dripping with sweat so uh I'm glad you can't see me so I will tell you that I look absolutely amazing I look really sophisticated and cool (laughs) um on our forum this week we've had uh, a number of interesting things uh, discussed but the one that I particularly wanted to draw your attention to was the Academic Archers Conference. There's a fair bit of information on that. It looks absolutely fantastic and I do wish that I could go and I do feel as though um, some very learned people with a good sense of humour are involved in this because I've also been following them on Facebook. So if you have the opportunity there's more information on the forum facebook page was also really busy we had a big discussion uh, early in the week about what we thought kirsty had found in the ann i came i thought it was going to be the stolen bunting i don't know why that was just the first thing that occurred to me but joanne smith said it seemed a bit melodramatic to me wouldn't most people have just said ew there's a dead fish in there get out now Instead, Roy had that tone of voice people use when they tell you to stand very still and don't look down because they want to brush the tarantula off your arm before you realise it's there and freak (laughs) out. And uh, Liz Villalobos agreed and said, Exactly, I expected it to be venomous or to have lots of sharp teeth. Of course, everything I imagined was tropical. Well, if your weather's anything like ours, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Um, But a number of people thought it was going to be some kind of angry beaver, including Emma Louise Woodhouse and Pat Ralph Hanovan. She said, he or she said, angry beaver was my first thought too. Kefir seems a very likely explanation. But then again, whatever became of those magic mushrooms? Um, And Anthony Ogden suggested that Borsuch's Business Person of the Year has some trouble heading his way good point Anthony that was a really good point uh, and there was lots of other suggestions from everything uh, from it being Stefan to it being Matt uh, to it being Pool. so if you'd like to see what we came up with please uh, go over to that thread and we also talked about um, Roy's petulance um, was he really concerned for Lexi's health was he just acting like a child jealous of his unborn sibling now that was started by Witherspoon it was a obviously a great uh, question with a lot of insight and uh, Robin winning said there is only one correct position for Roy I love you Lexi what you choose to do with your body is your business I support you no matter what if he does not evolve to that then he's not the right guy for Lexi or any woman are oh, Robin winning I know why your last name is winning because that was a winning answer for me uh, we also talked about uh, one episode where we had Susan as a reasonable businesswoman Brian toppling from his self-important pedestal. Roy demonstrating that he has the ability to talk about the important stuff when it suits him. And Jenny not liking pierced eyebrows. What an action-packed episode. And Jed Robinson said he couldn't help thinking that it'll ruin Justin's honeymoon when he finds out that the culvert has been blocked. Um, Martin Lightburn said, what do we reckon? Ryan bought a whole lot of suspiciously clean land off Justin not so long ago. Just saying. But my favourite on that thread was Rachel Hannah, who said, I'm going to suggest smaller pots as a solution to every item for business in my next meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, that was very good. I'm a teacher, so I can't really suggest that. But if I was in marketing, I so would from now on. We also wondered what was going to make Lexi happy. And uh, Ben Johnson said, I don't know, but I'll be jealous of the person that finds out. I think she's heaven sent. And Valerie Bailey said, Roy will change his mind so she can stay. But if they just want to be together, then they can just get married. It's easier than having a British child, as surely she will be the legal mother. (laughs) Green Fuller Love said, Roy should have taken her for chilli not for curry. <laughs> um, we had a bit of a discussion about Peggy as well. The fact that she can be, uh, she blows hot and cold. She can be so unkind to some people, but she was so good with Nolotando. So again, go to the Facebook page if you'd like to follow that discussion. And then the final discussion was about Brian. Um, I personally did want the businessman of the year to be taking down a peg or two, but I didn't want the whole clothesline to come with it. It's a disaster. Lots of discussion there. Janice Pope suggesting it's like the Trump presidency driven by ego overtaken by karma. Very nice. And Benjamin Hugh Mackay said, The Aldridges always come up smelling of roses and nothing will ever touch them. This is the law of Ambridge. The poor working folk will never rise to them, even though the dire Susan Carter is now related to them. But my favourite on that was Cormac. Pertil, who says, I now sing Businessman of the Year over and over along to the theme tune. Tricky to fit the words to the tune, but worth the effort. Hashtag Businessman of the Year. Absolutely brilliant. So thank you, everyone, for getting involved. Um, Please go to our Facebook page where you'll find me, Yokel Bear and Witherspoon. And, of course, lots of other listeners. Or go to our forum. Either way, we would love to speak to you. And until next time, hooroo. Hooroo.
2: A lot of things in that. Some of the things which we've already touched on. Are you in bed? You're on your bed, aren't you? But you know I am. You know that's always how I always record, Lucy. What did you hear? I know, me, but like... I always
5: like to pretend that there is a veneer of professionalism. <laughs> you are sitting at some sort of fucking desk.
2: <laughs> no. The reason why I lie on a bed and I record is because it's for better acoustics. And because you're a student. No. It's because um, <laughs> the, the duvet uh, uh, deadens the sound. And because, mm-hmm. um, the fact that I don't ha- have a regular place where I record from, because I'm always hither and thither. wherever I am, there's always a bed. And it's actually the best acoustics anyway. So there you go.
5: Roy, one of the reasons I love you is that you have said the phrase hither and dither mm-hmm. for three years. It's hither and thither. Hmm. But I love the fact that you say hither and dither well, because I think that is now. exactly what <laughs> 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 I'm hither and dither. <laughs> ah, should we do a tweets of the week yes, now? Please. Exeter Dormouse said that is a really unkind way to describe Peggy's Aldridge descendants. Toxic runoff. <laughs> 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 Henry Jenkins. Sell kefir in little bottles, that way people don't have to hate it. No, sorry. Henry Jenkins, sell kefir in little bottles, that way people don't have to hate a lot of it in one go. (laughs) Very true. Ackley Lewis, I wonder if Roy, Tom and Toby all stood together in the River Am and the combined force of their self-pity made the fish kill themselves. Um, John John 21 said... Roy spots a beaver in the am, but it belonged to (laughs) Kirsty doing some incongruous January skinny dipping. (laughs) And the winner tweet of the week is the real Justin Elliott, who said... Brian Aldridge has nothing to do with me or my chairmanship. Brian was a staffer who worked for me after I had already won the chairmanship by defeating 17 candidates, often described as the most talented field ever assembled in Damara.
2: <laughs> Very good. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. Um, I, I feel a bit emotionally spent. Do you? Yeah. Is
5: that because of all the talking about the babies?
2: Yeah it's it's Aww. been like it's been like a dumdy dum with a little bit of walkie-talkie thrown in the middle <laughs> <laughs> a dumpty
5: walkie-talkie dum
2: folks um we have a website it's called dumptydum.com you can go there and you can join the forum you can see the posts you can see um all the manner of wonderful things you can do when you're part of the wonderful dumdy dum community oh you can even do Tractor, um, which had a little bit of a hiccup over the Christmas time, but is now all fixed. So that's dummdydum.com.
5: And if you would like to help keep our little show on the road and access all the premium content, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you can sponsor us via Patreon.com. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, just a bit of money, and then you get to hear all the other stuff.
2: Mm. And um, your reward for joining up with patreon this week is uh, an interview with anya who plays lexi Lexi. now folks remember you can get in contact with us uh you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on our website which is of course dumbjump.com we call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message from a phone on social media specifically twitter you can find me royfield and lucy at Dumdy dum Uh, lucy is at lucy v freeman and i can be found at royfield and also you can find us on facebook where we are um, quite simply Dumdy dum any parthian shots
5: no apart from i really need a wee
2: you know what i think i'll join you in that